This is episode 231 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. On this episode, we talk to Mickey Pegg about All Saints cigars and much more. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a top-of-the-line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State, we've got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience. Visit us online at coronacigar.com. How about that cigar? Well, how about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 231 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Instagram, and of course, if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar and making it part of your regular audio podcast rotation. Again, if you guys are watching on Instagram Live, you can definitely watch, but if you want to join in the conversation in the comments, be sure to join us at Facebook or YouTube because we can actually see the comments from those platforms. And Thanks we for love your us. comments. We love your comments. Every we love your questions. Uh, so here in the Corona Cigar Studios, um, this, I, I got to say, I know some people are, you know, a little upset, you know, people who love their snowmobiles and their ice fishing. I am not upset at all about the fact. Not one little bit. Yeah, this is so we, we the, the El Nino winter is upon us, and it's it's like way unseasonably warm. I mean, warm for some of you people, uh, for us it's crazy See, warm, like 35, 38, 40 degrees. Today was forty six. Forty six degrees in in late January. That's unheard of for Minnesota. We will take it. I will take it. Uh, it's it's not some global climate catastrophe. It's just El Nino. Take a breath. Everything's fine. And enjoy the warmth because well, we don't get this very often. We here in the Midwest can enjoy it, but they're getting a little colder. Temperature's down I know. south of us. I know. They're you feeling know, the winter love. That's all right. You know, now you can suck it. Now you can see how we <laughs> how we live. <laughs> uh, uh, so the conference championship games uh, took place yesterday. Did they really? They <laughs> did. Boy, there were some sad people. I mean, I didn't see the, the Kansas City-Baltimore game. I, I heard the last little bit on the radio. I watched the highlights afterwards. It looked like a great game, like like back and it forth. Was, it was good. Eh. Not back and forth. Actually, Kansas City didn't yeah. score at all in the second half. But they it was just like a lot of defense, yeah. you know. and For both teams that were so offensive-minded, yeah. their defenses shined yesterday. And Lamar had the coolest coolish catch pass catch yeah he caught his own pass he caught his own pass um it was cool um one thing i i didn't like watching baltimore is they seemed to get frustrated quick i could see that in the highlights you know they yeah the kansas city's defense started changing things up they weren't used to it yeah stuff that came easy to them wasn't easy so they they got frustrated pretty quick a lot of guys throwing helmets on the sidelines um yeah, it was uh, yeah, I've never seen that out of them before. Yeah, I think they saw it slipping away, and yeah. it just pissed them off. Pretty frustrated. 
And then, I mean, San Francisco, Detroit, Detroit had that game in the bag. You know, they had, they, they had it in the bag, but they didn't. Well, if you've been watching any social media, everybody said it was going to be San Francisco, K, uh, Kansas city, excuse me, Kansas city, San Francisco. Yeah. You know, if you believe the, script. yeah, the conspiracy theories. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's going to be a really good Super Bowl, and I have. Got? A, I, I think Kansas City's going to win. They have experience. They've been there before. I I think Kansas City's going to win. So if they do win, well, first of all, let's talk about Brock Purdy. All the trash. Yeah. All these announcers and everybody's been talking about him. Yeah. He's a system quarterback. He's this. He's that. He's shined. He's shining that second half. I mean, not not only did he, you know, he had a. He was able to bring that team back against Green Bay. Then he was able to bring that team back against um, the Lions. The Lions and and Lions. I mean, that's a seventeen point deficit. That's the biggest comeback in the history of the NFC Championship game. And you know he's he's legit. I think he's legit. I think, I think he's legit. Now they're they're going to say, hey, well, he had all his weapons. Yeah, that's what they pay yeah. them to be. Right, they're his weapons. Yeah. And I think, but I think overall, the I think Kansas City's defense is really playing out of their minds right now, yeah. and San Francisco's defense is great too. Mm -hmm. But can't I just think the pieces that Kansas City has on offense and on defense, and the experience level that they have with Mahomes, Kelsey, Andy Reid, I think Kansas City's going to put this one away. One thing I did see out of the Forty ers is. Their front line is made for ru pass rushing, pass rushing. Yeah. When they started running against them, they looked a little bad on their back of their heels. Yeah. They didn't look too good until that second half. And when they started, you know, when they tied the game and they, they went ahead, then you could see them. They let loose. Well, and then now the whole debate about Dan Campbell, coach of the Lions, should he have gone for it yes. on those two fourth downs? You live by and, the sword, you die by the sword. And there's the back and forth, you know, people saying that, that those decisions cost – you know, cost Detroit the game. I, I, I honestly can't say one way or another. Um, I, I think, I think Dan Campbell is a good coach. Um, and I think the talent that they have in Detroit has a really good possibility to be back near the top of the NFC again oh, next sure. year. Yeah. But why, why would he change what made him and that team? That, that, that grit that they yeah they're going for it on fourth downs all the time yeah i mean you dance with the chick that you know you brought <laughs> yeah it's you know it's it's one of those game time decisions it's one of those in the moment decisions and i whether or not i disagree with the those calls in the actual moments that they happened i appreciate the fact that he stuck to who he is yep. as a coach and they stuck to who they are as a team now the results may not have played out the way they wanted him to, but I think it, it it felt good the fact that they stuck to their team DNA by doing that. Well, let's let's flip that real quick. Yeah, if they would have made it, they'd have been calling him a genius. Oh yeah. Oh, and and it would have been a whole different story, right? That's just it. It's just yeah. And they get paid to sit around and, and critique. Yeah. People that are doing it. Uh, real quick, like sports wise. <laughs> aside from that, Timberwolves fell to second place, but they're still doing fine. Um, they're. Injury-wise, they're not in bad shape, uh, from what I've been reading. Uh, but the highlights, they look... The highlights of the last three or four games, they look tired. 
they really look tired. Um, and I don't blame them. I mean, it's late into the season. And, well, it's halfway through the season. Um, but I think they're going to be all right uh, as long as the injuries don't, you know, get them down. Uh, the Wilds still suck. That's easy and quick. The Wild are just really, really struggling this season. And there's some people going out there saying they need to – they, they need to clean house. They need to, you know, they already fired the coach and now they're saying they need to dump a bunch of money out of the team, get rid of some of the, you know, the, the money they have uh, in player salaries and just start rebuilding with a younger, fresher squad. Seems like we go through this every four or five years. Pretty much. And the, this, this one hit me too, speaking of Minnesota sports. So of all the big four NHL, NFL, NBA, and MLB cities that have all four. Did you see this? Yes. Cities that have all four teams. This is the longest streak without a championship <laughs> of, of any city that has all of the big four. And did you see that? I didn't. It was a full moon and a little <laughs> screen down there. Of all the cities that, and not only does Minnesota have the record for the longest streak without a championship in any of those big fours, but the next closest competitor is 10 years off. So don't do it again. Minnesota sports. Uh, let's bring Justin into the show. Hey, right. Justy smokes. How you doing? Oh, it's smoke. Remember you got on your case. See, he got on my case about that. I like smoke. That's your name. You know, I don't know. How's Just, Justy smokes every Per, yeah. thing as far as cigars and stuff <laughs> i always see you smoking all different kinds of cigars okay, yeah. i kind of stick to a couple labels maybe one yeah. or two or three I, but you right. smoke you smoke yeah, yeah. Well, you're a man of the world justin we know what a huge huge sports fan you are oh, absolutely so if you if you you know who is your pick to win the super bowl this year chiefs all the way chiefs chiefs Think so, just because of experience. Because my mom's rooting for him. There you go. Right. You got to go with my mom. mom's watching football because of Taylor Swift now. So, hey, there are, there's a lot of people I'm watching football you, because of her. I love people it. People are hating, but I love it, man. Listen Let, to this. I don't know who said it, but it it's all null and void. If Detroit would have made it and KC would have made it, they could have made a song. Was that you? Yeah, I was saying. Last night, I was saying <laughs> last night we were at Red Cigar Lounge in Minneapolis watching the. It's not Minneapolis. Oh, sorry, in Red wink, Cigar wink. Lounge. Uh, and I was saying that if if it would have been Detroit and Kansas City, that the NFL would have, it could have been the smartest money they ever spent. And, and I'm talking hundreds of millions of dollars, and they would make every penny of it back if they would have got Taylor Swift and Eminem to join in with Usher on the halftime show. Oh, there you go. It would have been, it, that, that would draw... So much they would make that money back ten times over the NFL. The same seat would be like a hundred grand instead of fifty yep. or. Well, and all the viewership they'd get, they they would be the highest by far. Oh, yeah. and, and even now, even without Detroit being in there, the fact that you know Taylor Swift being notable in in the in the eye of the you know NFL fans, bringing new fans in, you know the fact that she's dating Travis Kelsey. I, I I cannot wrap my head around why people are upset about this. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. I say let's bring as many new fans, just like just like twenty one to thirty five year old cigar smokers. Let's bring as many of yeah. the of the of these new people into this hobby as we possibly can. So Matt, tell us where on the doll it hurt you. Oh, so many places. Okay, so it's it's hard to name them all. Okay. 
but uh, I'll try. I'll try to break it all down. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe our special guest can help me. Yeah. Figure yeah. Out. Yeah. yeah. Who Who are those special guests brought to us by? Well, before we get into our special guest, I'd like to say hello to our studio guests. I uh, yes. So we have some lovely studio guests. We have Dax. We have Jesus here. So I'm so sorry we cannot see them, but they are. I promise you, I'm they're not. sitting right over to my right uh, here in the studio uh, for this evening's show. Uh, Mystery whiskey. Ooh, so this is the last one of that little run, huh? Last one. And so something is sub suspect because th- you know these little two ounce sample bottles this was only half so there's only a, an this is only an ounce and so, they, so that they either shorted you or it's being really good well right? it leads me to believe that it's either a yeah. it was the last of the booze in the bottle or b it's really really expensive i go with b. I'm going with b i'm going, yeah, I'm b. going to go now the viscosity on this stuff is ridiculous i mean this this hangs on the side of the glass like crazy the, the aroma is incredible see that up let them see that yeah let's get this up there yeah i mean look yeah you can see those legs look at those legs i'm gonna get a little taste here here we go Mm. oh my god i'm gonna tell you right away what it is it's ramos bathwater This is the first time I've ever thrown up on HBTC Live. Um, this is really good, really good juice right here. Um, I will, I will try to make a few guesses as we go on, but I don't want to keep yapping. I want our Let's guest on the show. Get him in there. He's Let's get our guest on the show. And as always, He's already on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our friends at drew estate and the latest freestyle live event packs are here each pack has an msrp of only 40 bucks and contains three mystery premium cigars a sleek freestyle live uh, torch lighter and a cigar cutter and a freestyle live leather strap keychain in addition to these premium items each event pack includes a freestyle live badge equipped with a unique qr code that allows the purchaser to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win extraordinary prizes the grand prize is a luxury custom pool table valued at eleven thousand five hundred dollars a laptop valued at forty six hundred dollars plus 10 lucky entrants will win a custom subculture studio ashtray valued at 150 dollars each the big reveal of the freestyle live mystery cigar will be a live event on march 14th for more information please visit drewestate.com all right ladies and gentlemen without further ado put your hands together help us out welcome back to how about that cigar live from all saint cigars mickey peg brother Welcome to the show. Welcome hey, back. Pally. How you doing today? You froze the screen. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got oh, us. Man. What are you, what are you what, cold over there, Mary Keys? What do you got little... on a hat? Cheese club. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, I'm wearing my I'm wearing my cheese head too. Well, just my Packer hat. Ten hours night. So, Mickey, uh, thanks for being on the show again. It's, it's been a little bit since we talked to you. Tell us where you're broadcasting from, what you're smoking and drinking this evening. Uh, I am uh, the All Saints uh, Studio Lounge here in my house, and uh, I'm drinking Sprite with Club Soda and water. Nice. Nice. What did you fire up this evening on the show? Uh, I just finished a Roma Craft Intemperance, and I'm 
doing this. Hello. It's Ooh. one of the very first ones, a couple years old. Nice. Very nice. Uh, well, I'm going to show what Justin. I'm smoking. Oh, yeah. What are you smoking, buddy? You smoking? I got a 1919, smoking? as always. And going with a on from All Saints and Mickey Peck. I am smoking my favorite, All Saints, St. Francis. Francis. Nice. With a liquid death water. Liquid death water. Yeah, liquid death water. When you the way you say it, it's a, it doesn't sound like liquid death water. It sounds like liquid death water. Yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> liquid death water. It, it, it's canned in Flint, Michigan. Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty. I like it. It tastes like crush the can. It tastes like uh, government failure. <laughs> it tastes like infrastructure <laughs> failure. <laughs> all right i digress i'm gonna light up uh an unbanded solamente all saints solamente a uh, lovely cigar uh and i'm gonna grab our uh our little friend back here oh okay yeah. say hello to our little friend yeah that fucking guy he's kind of dusty he's kind of dusty oh, okay. but that's all right I'm going to get this guy fired up right now. Uh, so let's uh, fire up my cigar on the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Put it on real quick. What are we doing? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Nikki fell asleep over there. I don't know what's going on with him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you okay, Nikki? Uh, Sorry, buddy. We got to pay the bills somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. All so right, Pally. we have that stuff out of the way now. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Um, so, Pinky's out. First off, you know, it's January. Um, we just are, you know, coming to the end of January. But 2023, man, a lot of stuff happened in 2023 in the cigar industry as a whole. I know a lot of stuff happened for you and your company. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of the big things was uh, you guys you know, have a, a newly developed partnership uh, with McAuliffe Cigars. So, um, you know, we haven't, uh, I know you've talked about it a little bit before, but we haven't really been able to dive into that subject with you. So uh, it's a very, very cool thing, it seems like, uh, that's going on with this partnership. So talk us through how that all came to pass and uh, how things are looking for the future. Uh, well, the future looks great. And we're, uh, we're excited, a lot of great things happening with uh, both portfolios. But, um, you know, from, I don't know, it was like about August of last year, just before that, I was out in Texas, and um, Dan Thompson and I have always, you know, talked quite a bit in the background, and I guess, why don't you come over and see our, you know, what we have going on, and I was really excited. I really wanted to see the J-Max side, because I grew up in a manufacturing family. My grandfather was an automotive manufacturer in Florida, uh, and 
then actually how to sell it just because everything got so centralized with like the Dell uh, kind of model, you know, in the automotive industry. But so whenever I talked to him and I was bitching about what I don't have and he was bitching about what he doesn't have and uh, helped him on a couple little things and he helped me on a couple little things. And and like a day later or whatever, he's like, what did you let me run something by you. What do you think? And he goes, well, what do you think about if we combine our forces, but yet we keep our companies, you know, to ourselves? And I like, what, like Arturo Fuente and JC Newman? Something, yeah, something similar to that. And then we had some conversations and then flew out there. We, Frank and I flew out there and uh, we combined sales forces and we're still our own company. Uh, Frank and I still own All Saints and, the McAuliffe family still owns McAuliffe, and uh, from that standpoint, we signed the contracts, and that Monday, I hit the streets, and I didn't stop until Christmas. So tell us how that's affecting the everyday visits. Do you go into shops and just say, hey, you represent All Saints first, and then you go with McAuliffe, or how does that break down? It, it, it depends, because we both had a good amount of accounts, and... Uh, there wasn't a lot of, la- uh, you know, overlap. So, you know, but it's already a McAuliffe cap. Uh, you know, we talk about McAuliffe and then we talk about, then we talk about All Saints. If it's an All Saints, we talk about All Saints. And if it's neither, we talk about both. <clears throat> so we start with a homogenized story and then we break out to see what they're leaning towards. And then, you know, do it that way. We have some of our own strategies that we're implementing. Uh, we're in the process, uh, the final steps, I got one more, two more interviews for the Northeast, and then we're also looking at Texas right now, which we need to film. Okay. And those first few, because um, I think it was recent, I think, if, I, if I'm if i not mistaken, that on social media I saw some pictures of, of basically the teams together you know, and, and really kind of collaborating and working on strategy and plans and stuff like that. Um, when you, when you do that and when, when everybody's together in a room, how do you guys kind of manage everybody's expectations and, and, you know, uh, you know, between you and the people at McAuliffe and then the, the people, you know, that are part of the team, how do you, how do you kind of work through those, those meetings in the early stages? All gas, no brakes. Uh, nice, nice. Do what you're told or go in the parking lot of a Lowe's and get a handyman job. Uh, <laughs> I love it. No, no uh, yeah, there, there was some transition. But what happened was there were a couple people that left and went on to pursue some other things. And so we got a, it's, we got a fresh team. It's very similar to the team and a, and a concept to the way I put the CAO sales organization together uh, when it was a family-owned business. So... Uh, you know, it, it, it's going well. It, it managing expectations, you know, we're we're asking a lot of these guys this year because we're both relatively young companies, so we should have some bigger growth uh, than usual. You know, it's, you know, you, you talk about that, and then, you know, there's just a lot of things, and then just break it down in, in digestible pieces so that how they can get to these big goals or these big, hairy, audacious goals. So... Uh, it's a lot of fun, and we really have a sharp team that we're putting together right now. We're really excited about it. So uh, one of our viewers, Dave, asked, uh, 
When can we see a McAuliffe All Saints collaboration? Ooh, that could be fun. Yeah, I think something, you know, we don't have anything in the works right now. We're just trying to get this piece up. Right. Uh, I think I'm going to be back out of the factories April or May, or I, I, I got to look at my calendar. But um, yeah, it's, it's something that something fun that we will definitely put together at a, at a certain point. Um, I definitely want to do something, but we have two different blending styles, right? Uh, I don't really, I could maybe consult a little bit on production and stuff like that, you know, because McAuliffe owns their own factory, the Gomez family factory, and that's 100% owned by uh, the McAuliffe family. And, you know, when we're, the blending, we kind of keep in two different pillars, and then, you know, we come together when we get done and talk about what we're bringing to market. So we can be a little bit more, you know, more homogeneous when we bring that stuff together, especially like when we're doing, you know, kind of deals and specials that we work with retailers. So it's a little bit digest, more digestible. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, we keep talking about something. So it's uh, okay. Will you guys be sharing a booth at TPE or? Uh, yes, TPA? yes, we we that, only that, makes sense, right? Yeah. So. When we were at uh, RTDA, I mean, uh, PCA last year, we hadn't finalized anything because we wanted to look at the contracts and all that stuff. And when we, so we just didn't feel comfortable saying anything to the PCA at that point because uh, we didn't want to get out because, you know, there was no ink on the paper yet, right? So, uh, so after the fact, we did it and we called them, which was like almost three to four weeks later. And they work really hard to get us to the same booth, so awesome. so it'll be that it should be sectioned like one is so I'll have that all saints personality, and then another part will definitely be the McAuliffe personality. Okay, so the the last I've always been curious to hear from different manufacturers like yourself about this because oh well, I'm a brand owner. Well, br brand and owner right. is a manufacturer. So, but, but the, you have, you know, as a brand owner and, and even before as a, you know, sales director, CAO and things like that, you've spent a lot of time in, uh, in the areas of production in the cigar yeah. factories and whether it was yeah. Dom Dominican Republic or Nicaragua. Right. Um, well, and yeah. that, that's, I think that's really important because, you know, you obviously can't be down there all the time, but yeah. uh, in the last few visits, because I've heard from a couple people uh, specifically in Nicaragua that, you know, from a labor standpoint, it's getting trickier and trickier to, you know, get the good people because there are a lot of talented cigar rollers uh, and tobacco sorters in that area. But there's, there's the competition is kind of stiff getting getting the best ones, you know, right. on, on your team. So um, how do you kind of uh, make sure that that's being managed well from afar and that, you know, the people that you have on the ground there in Nicaragua are are really paying, you know, they're, that they're the best people, that they're paying close attention. And, and are you seeing and hearing about the same sorts of things where it's, it's getting tough to keep the best people around? Yeah, it's always been that way. What you're seeing now down there, too, is there's more uh, rolling schools than there were before. Um, God. Yes, but going down there as a brand owner, you got to go. It's almost like a sales visit. You're only as good as your last visit, right? So uh, that's why you got to go down five or six times a year to 
get it right. I mean, speaking of Saka, you've had this thing. He's down there quite a bit, too, and that's a pretty reputable organization that he works with, right? So, And he still has to go down there and make sure they're doing it the right way. So you just got to trust your partners. But, you know, it's like Reagan was famous for saying, uh, trust but verify. So yeah. that's a lot of that doing and making sure that muscle memory is there from the rolling standpoint because there's all the components of architecture and whatever you do inside that cigar what, and putting the right tobaccos in there. So, okay. Um, now, from the Macalas side, uh, I have not seen their production yet. Uh, my next visit, I'm, I'm going to see that. But they run a pretty good operation, and it's uh, their stuff is absolutely consistent every single time. So never yeah. – never hear from that at all so they have a lot of good people you know you know whether it's the fincas or pre-industry or the factory wherever these people are working you don't hire a person you hire a family okay you know? so that has a lot to do with it too but uh just making sure everything gets done correctly yeah you, you gotta stay on it so, yeah and are you seeing uh um, good availability of the tobaccos that you need to, you know, consistently produce your blends? Right now I do. You know, okay. we're a little bit worried about Ecuador. Everybody's a little worried about Ecuador. Um, not scared, but worried. Um, you know, I will tell you the Solamente, when I first did the first one, that was actually rolled in 2017. And when I did it again, two of the tobaccos were a little bit harder to get, and they're much more expensive than they were in seventeen. Yeah. So that was a little yeah. bit of that price increase. Yeah, that's a, a lot of talk from people that in the last few years, you know, they're they're having to be picky, they're having to spend more time, you know, sourcing and things like that. And it's, um, do you do you think it's going to level off though? Do you think it's that that the long term future is in good shape for tobacco sourcing? I think so. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not on the inside inside, but I'm I'm well enough to close enough to our. I feel happy with the answers that we're getting. Um, you know, there could be more worry there than I know about, but um, I really don't. I talked to enough people that are down there quite a bit, you know, so. Yeah. Do you, I got a question. Well, I always have a question, but <laughs> do, you, do you think it's from COVID that there's such a want for people or it's just the cigar industry is blowing up so much? I'm sorry. Can you, what's that now? Do you think the shortage and then, and the lack and people? of people, people, you think it's because of COVID or do you think it's no. just a blow up of, of the cigar? Yeah, they're on the border of Mexico trying to get into the United States. So there's a lot For of other reasons trying to make yeah. their way up here. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah, it's been an exodus going on for a while. And yeah. You mentioned something in, uh, what was it, Ecuador? Is that, yeah. What, what's, what was going on down there exactly? Or you have a, there's a lot of civil unrest going on right now. Okay. Yeah. So that's the bad news. The good news is all the tobacco is growing up in the mountains. You know, it's all cloud shade. So uh, if, they're, if they're anything like Nicaragua, they're going to leave everybody alone that employs their families. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know the po the, the poly side of that too well. But Yeah. So when, I'm going to change gears here and make you an extra question. I know you do a shit ton of traveling. 
You're always going somewhere. You're always popping up somewhere. Juicy Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. That's my next question. But when you're coming back to Minnesota, but how do you deal with, with having a family and your daughters and you always being gone all the time? How, how do you meld that all together and still be as successful as you are? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that, uh, one, my wife can't wait for me to get back on the road. Uh, <laughs> two, I mean, we've been together 25 years, 12 of them spent in the hotel room. So maybe that helps a little bit, but you know, here's the thing, you know, I, without getting too deep into my past, I've always kind of had to move around for certain things and, and, and move. And I always had a love for travel. And I traveled no matter what I was doing from almost, you know, the first or second year that I got out of college. And on top of it, my wife, um, she's the oldest of three girls. And she saw her dad when he was making a name and getting a couple shillings, you know, in his pocket. He traveled. Now, her other two sisters don't really, never really had to deal with that, right, growing up. So I think we were both me and my wife were both conditioned for it. And, and I think my daughters have just always seen it. So, you know, maybe when they get married, their, their partner will, you know, my travel, they'll be, you know, okay with it. Yeah. Well, and it, it I mean, I know that it gets easier um, as they get older, you know, it's the younger years that you, you know, it's, it's uh, that I, I want to, I was always building. I've always been building something. Right. And, you know, if you get obsessive about it, like you always, <laughs> like, uh, oh, shit, Raul's travel with me. You know, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do this. You got to tell to eat. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, um, you always should be so compelling that nobody ever notices the better person around the corner. You know, so. Oh, I like that. And uh, I, and I'm kind of that way. So, you know, maybe that's part of it, too. I like that. So, next question. When are you coming back to Minnesota? There we go. <laughs> I'll be your chauffeur again. I don't mind. No, no. Uh, actually, so. I mean, no, this, no. No, I'm I saying that uh, Jeremy's going to be out there soon. Uh, so, he's going to help. He's, uh, he's, he's We just talked today. So, Jeremy Ellis, he's based out of Ohio. He's one of our hot shots and. You know, he's one of the captains. I have two captains on the team, and he's one of them. And uh, so he'll, he'll definitely be reached out to you guys when he gets out there. Oh, that's awesome. Is, is the camera glitchy, or is it me? Is it my... Shoot, you're not sitting still. You no, it looks, looks okay on this end. Oh, okay. Yeah, it might just be uh, the resolution on your screen. It looks good here. Okay. Um. So... This uh, this past year, you know, we've seen some scheduling changes sort of that that we've sort of grown accustomed to in the last half dozen years or so in the cigar industry. And this year, 30 years, 30, 30, 30 yeah. yeah. So this year we got to change things up a little bit. And how, you know, being the fact that the last PCA trade show was in July and the next one is is basically in 60 days, uh, less than 60 days away. Less than 60 days, yeah. So how how have you guys had to kind of adjust things as a company to you know prepare for that all right so there i guess there's two answers for that so oh, i'll speak from the all saints if i forget to talk about the macau let me know you know from an all saints point what happened was 
we immediately, when there was rumor of this, we immediately moved our production schedule, right? Okay. So, uh, with that with that said, is we have a line extension and a new line coming up. We might be able to show it at the show, but it's not going to be out until July. Yeah. And that had what to do with uh, me being a little dis- distracted from the factory a little bit, trying to charge and, you know, get this new team of shepherds out there, to, you know, to, you know, bring stuff to market. So, um, you know, from the cows side, they immediately went it over and they're going to be coming out the blue and it's still going to be the same price range, eight, $9, um, Robusto Toro. And it's delicious. I believe it's a Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Which nice. Is very exciting. Yeah, so, Sumatra has been one of my favorites for a long time. There's a lot of there's a lot of intangibles, like from the standpoint of uh, you know what what is this going to do? So let's talk about the last couple of years at the big show. You know, the big four wasn't there. They're coming back. So I think that's going to put a little pressure on your your medium to smaller companies. Uh, But optimistically, we're going to have a really good turnout and with people ready to spend some money. Yeah. And, you know, the overall theme that I've heard from retailers uh, is that it's uh, they're very excited to go there. So we'll see how that all pans out. Right now, uh, today, uh, we had our huddle, we have a huddle call every Monday, and what we did is we championed all our uh, sales team to go out and and make phone calls and, and see who's going to be there, who's not going to be there, and we had a we have a really interesting format on how we had identified those people and talking to those people. So it, it's it, it's uh, pretty much you know your top accounts that are moving the most amount of product. And then, you know, setting up that scenario for making sure that we get in front of them or they're attracted to the booth, you know, for the show. Yeah. Well, in this what are the rooms that being Mickey Schiffer is not as fun as it seems. He likes to leave early in the morning and go back to the hotel late. It's called work, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got to sleep until 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know what the fuck he's bitching about. <laughs> Piggy you want to be the up. second Alan Rubin that makes seventy-one million? Get up early. You turn <laughs> on the you turn on the coffee pot in the morning, and you turn off the lights when you leave. You done? <laughs> Stop. Go ahead. Raul's Bra- twitching. He's having flashbacks from what happened with Do you need a hug? No. Okay. Piggybacking off your question, how are you managing the TPE and PCA so close together? Oh yeah. How we managing it? Yeah. Are, are you finding any difficulties on doing it, or you no? Know, I mean, so, so we're in the pavilion for the uh, for the TPE. So it's almost really like setting up a mini retail shop with just your products and sell sheets. You know, uh, and you kind of know who's going, not going, and you know. It's uh, we'll see. I'm curious to see how we'll do. Um, 
I know what our number that we did for both shows last year from All Saints. Uh, McAuliffe will be there. Uh, all the branding's going to be All Saints because, you know, they decided to, you know, come at almost the last minute. And, you know, Alan Rubin's going to be there. Uh, and Lauren from the McAuliffe side. Well, they, they were both, but, you know, they're going to be there uh, helping us with the McAuliffe as well. So, yeah. We, so, um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I just didn't give you an answer, and I apologize for that. But, no, uh, I, I mean, I think the answer you gave is 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 legit. Basically, meaning we'll we'll kind of find out. It's a different scenario that we're in this year than we have been for a long time. Yeah. So if you go to TPE Vegas, Google that. You can go into that website and get to the floor plan, and you can kind of see. And if you click on the pavilions, I'll show you the list of people that are going to be there. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of people that aren't going to be there. That they're in the past. Um, you know, and I understand why they're not going, um, because it's taken away from them planning the PCA, which is a lot more, you know, it's a lot more intense, you know, with the booth and the things that you do that, that, you know, I'm just using that as an example, uh, and getting them ready, you know, so, um, that's why my sales team is not worried about TPE except for the two that are going that's going to represent the company uh, because they have that bandwidth and capability to do that as yeah. well as prep for PCA. So right now, today we had kicked off, we have a timeline that kicked off today of everything that we want to do between now and actually the, fir the first game day there. So, like I said, for two weeks, they're going to be reaching out to the top customers in a formula that we that we designed, and then we have a touch campaign of what we're doing, you know, to find out who's going to be there, and nestle in appointments. Appointments at PCA, and you guys have been to enough trade shows when you're trying to do your do your interviews, and we want you to do the interviews, and it doesn't always uh, work to do it before and after the show, but during the show, yeah, it is that. Um, to make appointments. And what happens is when you make appointments, even the people that don't make it on time, it puts in the back of their mind to be conscious to get into that booth. Right. So it's going to be a little interesting to have to compete time-wise with the big four again. Yeah. So, you know, they got rid of that last half day, which a lot of people bitched about. Mm -hmm. But when you... I, as a young company, I always liked that half day because I always signed up a couple of accounts and we had a whale order, one whale order on that day. Right. Um, you know, hey, oh shit, you know, got to do this, got to do that. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to make adjustments. Um, I think some retailers are even going to make some adjustments as far as um, I, I have already heard from a couple of retailers that in the past have gone to both the TPE trade show and the PCA trade show. And this year they said they're only going to go to the PCA trade show. So the underlining theme that I heard, you know, the, in the fourth quarter of 2023 is like, Hey, I, I don't really have it in my budget 
to take, have a spend to go out to uh, PCA, and then nine months later do it again. Yeah. And they said, "Well, we'll just wait for 2024." So I heard that a lot too. So yeah, I understand. Um, now, with that said, there's a lot of big West Coast guys that are not going that can drive there. I was surprised that I've talked to. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I was like, oh, okay, uh, can, I, can we do an order over the phone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, I don't know. I think I just early, just my early prediction is that PCA numbers are going to be up. And TPEs will probably be down. I hope so, yeah. too. Yeah. I think, I think TPE, I mean, you have most of your head shops and everybody has all the other THT products and stuff Correct. like that at TPE. So it's a whole different, like, retailer, you know, Correct. that versus when they can go to PCA. It's just a cigar, you know, stores or shops or whatever. Right. Yeah. Seems like that demographic's going to be um, more pertinent, more, more visible this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of those smoke shops out there that have all the vapes and all those pieces, but they have a decent walk-in humidor. Absolutely. They might have one chair in there at most, and it's a, and it's a solid cash and carry that anybody would be happy to, almost any brand would be happy to be in there. So, you know, uh, hopefully we'll have some of those there. You know, quality people that have mixed both those worlds. Yeah. My question is, <clears throat> usually when PCA is in July, from a retailer's <clears throat> perspective we have all summer to make that money up to go to pca with a nice chunk of change right i wonder how that's going to affect having it in march because you know july and february oh, excuse me january and february are one some of the slower times you, you're talking like retailers, retailers having available yes. capital to make they, they, they need some time to build the coffers yeah so i've had a couple conversations with a couple people that i highly respect and, you know, one uh, another underlining theme is I've heard, you know, people that are either a manufacturer or a um, brand owner is that if you're looking at credit cards, credit cards are all maxed out around the United States for the most part, right? So, you know, what does that mean? That means that they're maxed out. Where are they, how are they going to charge it? How are they going to pay for it? So there's no credit, and we know... How many people, you know, leverage their credit card to pay their bills? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the way things are now, I'm, I, I'm not, I promise I'm not going to jump on a soapbox, but the cost of living right now is just, it's, it's tough for everybody, you know, and if somebody's got a small town cigar shop and, you know, they're just, they're just trying to keep their mortgage paid and their lights on yep. and it's, it's tough right now. So it's uh people have to make some tough choices i guess these days and hopefully things will straighten out a little bit from a uh inflation and a right uh, available yeah. capital standpoint what, what what might help is like mickey said his cigars are not going to come out to these new cigars somebody might buy the line until july correct so that gives them time and most most companies don't charge until they ship so that might help some some shops out yeah you know what's interesting is I got an email. These TPE fucking emails that you get that are from rogue people trying to sell you less than shit. Yeah. But I had a really interesting one from Sezzle. Have you ever heard of Sezzle? I have. Yeah. 
They said, do you have time to talk to me? I said, yeah. So I want to hear what they have to say, how they structure that. Because, you know, if we can help them grow their business and take that stress off, you know, that might be something that we'll be able to do. So I want to hear what they have to say. Are they are they like mostly like southeast from what I I, I don't I'm not no, super they're pretty I actually ordered on Sezzle in a firm on accident and didn't know I did it. Okay, okay. And what it is is you can pay in three months, six months, twelve month increments. Oh sure. Yeah. And um yeah, so I wanna see I wanna see what the guy has to say. So Yeah. It's worth a shot. I'll learn something. I'll at least learn something. Well, then you know kind of longer term as we look ahead and i i know you got to sort of keep your head in the game for now but you're always you're always looking beyond and from a monetary standpoint when we look at pca 2024 at the las vegas convention center in march and then in april of 2025 moving to new orleans it is I mean, I've heard from some companies that are saying it's it's really a huge expense because they have, you know, they keep a lot of their stuff in storage in Las Vegas. So they got to pay to have that stuff. Either they have to have all new shit made or they have to pay to have the stuff from Las Vegas put on a, a truck and hauled all the way to New Orleans. How you know, how do you as your company, how do you guys deal with that? And and is it is it as a burden as much as some other people have told me that it is? No, because of the, our size and what we've done in our booth so far, right? Okay, okay. So, with that said, from what I understand, is this was supposed to happen, this year should have been a New Orleans year. But the big guys pushed back and said, hey, listen, we already have contracts with our storage facilities that, you know, have the basic grand infrastructure for our products, you know, not our products, for, you know, for their booth. And, you know, we already had put it into our five-year forecast you know, when you get that big and you look at something and you invest into something like that, you know, you're looking at getting three to five, six, seven years out of at least the bones or the backbone of that, um, of your booth. Yeah. And you can just refabricate with, you know, other kind of pieces. Uh, yeah. And uh, well, I know Rocky was one of them. You know, we talked yeah. quite a bit. So, yeah. I mean, their booth's been the same for a long time, but it's, it's very, involved there's a lot of you know those museum sort of display cases and things like that scattered throughout the booth space and yeah the towers actually we were the first ones to do the towers when cao was family-owned business oh yeah yeah and we didn't get towers this year just because i will i like the towers because you could really not get blurred together and have a conversation and tell the story about each one of your lines you know so. oh yeah yeah yeah, I, you know I, me. I have a story about the company. I have a story about the product. I have a story about the Batola. Um, you know, so no, that's good though, and and that's actually kind of brings me into my my next question. It's kind of it, well, it's not kind of it's it's directly related to in store events, and everybody. I mean, any any city center that's even medium sized, whether it's you know, you look across the the country at, you know, some of the larger cities, you know, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Minneapolis, Detroit, Milwaukee, uh, Kansas City, and just name a few kind of from the Midwest area. But when you 
when you guys, you yourself and as a company, when you talk about in-store events, what do you, what is the number one kind of goal as a company? Aside, I'm obviously you want to sell as many cigars as you possibly can, but um, there's, you know, some people have put a lot of emphasis on stuff like hats and t-shirts and cutters and lighters and t-shirts and, and, you know, swag and stuff like that. But other people have put focus on um, relationship building and, and name recognition, stuff like that. So when you put together store events, what's the philosophy that you try to, to stick to? Yeah, that's tough because it's, it's been something that we've been working on for quite a time is how do we do something different and, and, and more experience oriented um and it's been tough for, for us what i can tell you is there's three types of retailers out there uh when it comes to the actual event i'm not talking about how involved and how much effort they put into it that's all that's all over the board but you have retailers that are swag heavy mm -hmm. you have retailers that are no swag and then you have people that like to blend it okay uh, like if you look at Sessions in Del Middleton, Delaware, they do a they like swag, but uh, they they know how to blend that with the free cigars, right? And they always find a way to make stuff happen, you know, for the consumer. And um, so yeah, we we've struggled with that a little bit. You know, when he started going down this road with this question, I'm like, oh, all right, well, how much <laughs> do I really say? And I will tell you that it's it's, it's tough for us. You know, we well, we're finding that way to to be different and have the sizzle, you know, and the sexiness that it needs to happen. Because you know, there's a lot of great cigars out there that have been branded great, and with teams that are out there hustling their ass off, right? So, uh, you know, how do you, how how are you different? So we've struggled yeah. with that a little bit. I'll be well, honest. And I, I have to say, I appreciate, you know, that you brought up the retailer because I've, I've really tried to get, because uh, we do have some retailers, large and small, that watch and listen to this show. And that's something that I, I really agree with you on is that it's, you know, the retailers say they have a certain expectation for this in-store event uh, for your brand, but right. then sometimes they they say that with their you know their words they say i have this these expectations but then they don't put in the action and the effort to mm -hmm. to really make the most of that event whether it's grilling burgers or you know having you know games you know in the parking lot or 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 whatever for people to do and those events sometimes fall flat because i believe that half of the responsibility for a successful in-store event is on the retailer yeah. it's not just on the on the on the rep or the brand owner who happens to be be there for it you have to work yeah. together it's, it's them uh you know training their their consumers yeah right um and i don't you know a retailer will say to me i'm not a brand maker i'm like that's fine but you should be a consumer gatherer you know so Put it on me to, to, to sell it, but you got to get the people there, right? Yeah. And it's more than having a raffle. It's more than buy this, get that free. It's more, 
you know, what, you know, cut in line or a full on event, what are you doing to be attractive? Or there's the retailers that like every other week have to have something going on in their store. And I'm like, why? It's not your, this is not where the pieces of the pie are bigger than the pie. You're diluting yeah. the pie, right? So there's a lot of incidents, incidents that or we can do where the pieces are bigger than the pie, but not in that sense. You know, I saw that from the very beginning my old days are like, oh, we should do this uh, every month. And then uh, we should do this every week. And I'm like, no, you know, your consumer gets, the retailer's consumer gets event fatigue. I don't care what you got going on, you know, uh, they do, you know. Yeah. It, it, it's just like people get social media fatigue. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, my my people, there's Mike Dove who was on here a little bit earlier. I don't know if he's still on. Uh, but you know, he's like, Listen, you gotta you gotta lay off every now and then a little bit. He goes, Let me do the stuff that talks about the company, but you have to give people a chance to breathe, you know. So Yeah. What do you think about too many events you start training your customers just to come in and spend money that time? And as a Instead of making it yeah. like part of their weekly, yep. you know, cigar buying habits. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They're, they're waiting for the deal, you know? Yep. So. Yeah. And then what it is, then you're at, um, you had a race to the bottom on margin. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that, and that's tough. It's like, um, you know, it's so funny when I was in the financial world, everybody would, you know, what's the whole thing is uh, sell high and buy low. Right. That's what the right, that's what the normal, consumer thinks if you want to say it from that standpoint well you, you do that over and over again until you're out of money because it just erodes you know there, there's a capital erosion that happens there, yeah so. and just for the record Dak he does an excellent job with swag I, I appreciate the cufflinks <laughs> by the way Mickey I still have those beautiful things yeah that's cool. now, now you just yeah, got to get a proper you got to get a proper dress shirt that uses cufflinks. I have one. Yeah, I have one. <laughs> it doesn't fit me. But, <laughs> but he doesn't have collar stays. Oh, you got to get collar stays, bro. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get, we'll fix you up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll thin out your jowls a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll wear like full on suits to PCA this year. I'm Maybe joking. I'm grow, not gonna do that. Maybe I can grow a beard and hide my jowls. You can't have a beard though. Not 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 until you retire. I mean, you can have some of mine if you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Justin's got yeah, plenty yeah. of beard. Raul just puts the milk on his face and lets the cat lick it off. That's uh, all. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I love it. It's the only way he gets pussy on his face. Oh. Oh. Don't, don't make me be unprofessional, <laughs> fucker. <laughs> Juicy Lucy. Uh, don't you start with me. All right. Yeah. Uh, what do you think that uh, whiskey so I, is? I only have like a few drops of this mystery whiskey left. It's really, really good. Yeah. So, so what do you think it is? Don't do it again. The camera's on. I have a, I have a hard yeah. time. Here's my whiskey of the night. Hey, I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm proud of you for taking a month off. Hey. Oh, I like that. that. Oh, I love it. I, I drink some root beer out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really not good at guessing these things, but this, I, I, I like it a lot. It feels like it's got a higher than average amount of wheat in the mash bill, 
but not wheat or weed. Wheat. W H E A T. Mickey. Um, Mickey, what's your favorite beverage when you do consume alcohol? Bourbon. Bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way to go. Dirty water. Uh, um. WLW? No. Actually, um, I forgot. William LaRue. <laughs> you forgot? forgot. Well, forgot. look it up. Look it up. <laughs> hey, Dax, what is it? Oh, I guess that's oh, our person. Oh, so I, knew you were the... I knew it. That's why he's here tonight. I knew it. It's My really... Whatever this is, it's really good. It's birthday cake. 2016 Old Forester birthday bourbon. Okay. It hit me right in the feels because you know that I'm an Old Forester whore. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is good stuff. We want to thank you for doing that too, Dax. Yeah, we thank you, Dax. Really appreciate it. Dax. So Dax was the mystery benefactor all these weeks with the with the mystery bourbons. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, I think it's is it time? I think it's time. I think it all be. right, guys. It is now time for this week's numero de los muertos. And as always, numero de los muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Two egg rolls and some fried rice, please. <laughs> I know. It makes me hungry for Chinese food every time I every see that. Time. All right. Numero de los Muertos, episode 231. This is another one of those this week. The number is one. One? It's a very, very... It's basically a one-off freak accident with a very, very specific cause of death. Are animals involved? Animals are not involved. Come on, Mickey. Join in here, buddy. It's on land. Uh, it did occur on land, yes. What's the question again? So the, this is numero de los muertos. So this is one, yeah. per, one person died from a very, very weird, freakish cause of oh. death. The guy got a stingray in his heart. Tail. No, but I got to remember that for, that one for the future. The, the alligator hunter or something. Yes, yeah, uh, Steve. Uh, Crocodile. Irwin. Irwin, yeah, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Uh, no. Food related? Uh, food is not involved. Like we got the castle crew in the house. So this... Uh, <clears throat> uh, it happened in France. Oh, so it's, it's actual fact, not fiction this time? A very, very long time ago. This is actual fact. It's not fiction. It happened in, in France. In France, huh? Choked on a crate. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, no, it's not that. Burned by French fry oil. <laughs> no, not burned by French fry oil. No. You ever see Better Off Dead? Yes. French fries, French bread, <laughs> French dressing. <laughs> I want my two dollars. <laughs> oh shit! Now I'm gonna have to go watch that movie again. I love that movie. You know what I downloaded for? Uh, I always like download a bunch of shit just in case I get stuck somewhere because it happens quite a bit. Blazing Saddles. Oh, I, I just watched that again. You couldn't make that again. You couldn't make that now. You couldn't make that movie today. One of the funniest yeah. movies of all time. How about hit by a scooter or fall off the Eiffel Tower? Not a scooter, not the Eiffel Tower. How long ago was it? Seventeen hundreds. Uh, this was um, not quite a hundred years ago. No, so, what was the what was the question again? Say it again. So we so this this one. Uh, I'll say this is a this was a young woman who died in France not quite a hundred years ago from one. We're looking for the cause of death. It was one freak accident, and we got to play 20 questions to break down, get down to the meat of the the cause of death in this freak she, accident. She, she choked on her merkin. <laughs> no. <laughs> she stepped on her beard. She did not. No, that was a dude that stepped on his beard and died. Is it weather-related? Not weather-related. Accidental guillotine? Oh no! What about, she uh, blew herself out on a bidet. <laughs> uh, no. Not a wine cork by death. Not a wine cork. No. Choked on a crate. The the cork soaker. You like the cork soaker? <laughs> She's so good at soaking the corks. <laughs> Is it wine related? Uh, it's not wine related. Is it food related? Not food related. Is it a workplace accident? No. Hmm. Recreational activity? Mm, no. No. She hit by something? Uh, no. Hit by a rock. Sports? Not sports. Hmm. Alcohol involved? Uh, it's unclear. Does it have to do with weapons from Alan Rubin? No weapons. She tripped to the Louvre. <laughs> nope. Is it royalty involved? No royalty. There wasn't royalty 100 years ago, was there? Uh, France. Yeah, I think so. In France? I think France, I think France still had like... We're talking about 1924. Yeah, Napoleon think... was the last, right? I suppose, yeah. Trampled by a horse? Uh, no horses, no animals, no animals, no crates. Eat no by a French bulldog. Not eaten by a French bulldog. Hmm. Uh, is water involved? Water is not involved. This is on land. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say the same. I was like, yeah, uh, buried not alive. Not buried alive. I'm trying to think of another a hint. Let's get another. She died in one of the, the catacombs. There's got to be more than one person dying from the catacombs. She stripped. Yeah, people. Well, they say people die all the time. They get lost down there. Yeah. So I'll say. Tripped and stabbed with a metal straw. I'll say this young this young woman was known for wearing very long scarves. Oh, she hung herself. She didn't hang herself. 
she, no, she, she was on accident. She and, no, she and didn't. Her strife got caught, and she got not a fall. Was there a wood chipper involved? No wood chippers. Did this scarf get caught in something? In a carousel. Uh, choked by a car door, no, but a car was involved. So her skull... Oh, she got... She she fell out of the car, the door slammed, and choked on the freaking scarf. Yes. That's it. Is that, Honestly, that's Mickey, close. that's that's, yeah. that's pretty much... <laughs> all right, so here's... The, uh, I've got to give that one to you, Mickey. All nice right. job, Mickey. I so, mean, Jesus said choked by a car door, but that's yeah. Mickey's got it. Hey, well, I think no, well, he no. said choked by the car door. I think his intent was the scarf got caught in the car door. Yeah. So Isadora Duncan in 1926, she was known to wear long flowing scarves uh, that would often be seen fluttering behind her in the wind. Uh, on this fateful day, her friend picked her up in his convertible car. As they sped off, her scarf became lodged in the open spoke wheel of the vehicle and wrapped itself around the axle. Isadora was yanked from her seat and dragged for several meters behind the car before the driver even realized what had happened. She died instantly from a broken neck. neck. So I'm immediately going to go to vacation. <laughs> yeah. With the dog? With the dog. The dog, <laughs> dog probably kept up with you for the first couple of yards. And the grandma was dead on the roof? Yes. <laughs> oh. So if you're in a convertible, take your scarves off and, you know, put them in your purse or, I mean, you know. know your... Where's the skull from? Yeah. <laughs> if I'm in a convertible, shoot me. Don't tell my wife that my I was last seen in a convertible. All right, so uh, so that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. I wanted to ask him a question, but I forgot what it was. Remember? Uh, it'll come to you. Yeah. Yeah, it'll come to you. Um, let's jump into uh, the lightning round. Brought to us by J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 113-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right, Mickey, since you've been on the show before, we have some fresh lightning round questions uh first off what is what do you think is the best movie remake and the worst movie remake the best movie remake i don't know um You know, I, I can't think of anything. You know, I'm not good at these two. I'm sorry. That's all right. That's all right. We'll, um, throw, we'll throw a couple out there and you agree or disagree. Okay. Uh, True Grit. Did you see the old John Wayne True Grit? And the yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't see the new one. Oh, yeah? How oh, about yeah. how about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Okay, you know what? I was kind of, that's what I was trying to search. I oh, think, yeah. so the, the, the it's the second remake that's out right now, right? Uh, no, well, that one's my, my Johnny wife, Depp did one, and then there's another one. Yeah, the one that's out right now is actually not a remake, it's like a prequel. Oh, okay. 
The old uh, one. Yeah, so Gene, Gene Wilder was yeah. the be- is the best Willy Wonka. Oh, yeah, by far. Definitely the best Willy Wonka. I think Teresa says your favorite. And, 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 his, and his son's done oh. a good job, actually. Oh, the so. Footloose remake. I... I regret watching that Footloose remake. It was such a steaming pile. It was terrible. I oh. think Kevin Bacon peaked in the first one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. This is a weird one, Mickey, but I, I'm really curious to hear your answer. If you could swap out your legs for the legs of any animal, what would you choose? Of any animal? Yes. Probably a gorilla that I can hang from a tree. I like that. I like that. Built like that. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are gonna have words Uh, next time when we go to PCA. I'm gonna let you and Mickey have some quality time, dude. We get along great when we're together. (laughs) (laughs) It's nonstop fucking bickering back and forth. I love him. (laughs) You should have been in the back of the pickup truck when we were driving around. It was fucking great. Oh man! All I wanted to see was the world's biggest snowball. What was? What did I want to go see? No, we went to see Prince's thing. Yeah, but I wanted to see the world's biggest something. No, no. Like a, oh, the 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 walleye. No, no. Paul Bunyan. No, it was like something in the downtown they were having a festival for. Hmm. It wasn't the big uh, spoon with the cherry on it, was it? No. No. I can't remember that one, but I took you to Gorky Park or Paisley Park. Yeah, I love St. Paul. I I love St. Peter. It's that's a nice little town down there, isn't it? We had yeah. a good time down there. I did. You guys just laughed. <laughs> well, you did polish <laughs> off a fucking bookend of Knob Creek, dude. It was it was. I was the only non-server people there, and they kept making me drink. I was like their entertainment. <laughs> Drink for me, monkey boy. Like, you know, like the dancing monkey on the sidewalk. And the hour and a half ride home was priceless. Do <laughs> you remember any of that? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sure. <laughs> next I question. The next day, you were still talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You want uh, Justin to do his question? I think he's already got that. I think Mickey's, yeah. you've had the, we've given you the, uh, the zombie, zombie apocalypse. apocalypse question before, haven't we? Maybe. I probably forgot, though. I can't remember if you've had the zombie apocalypse. You do yours, Raul. What is the worst and best, oh, excuse me, most overrated and underrated fast food franchise? Most overrated and underrated. Underrated would be Kava. Overrated In and out burger. Though I like them, but I think it's yeah. Yeah, I was uh I was I agree with you. I, I don't dislike In and Out Burger, but I was expect when I was taken there by Emmett from Blind Man's Puff, who was like, You're you're gonna you're, this is gonna change your life, it's gonna be the best best burger and fries you've ever had. And I was like, It's it's good. Yeah, it's 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 pretty good. So Mickey, tell us about that castle crew banner you got behind you uh you know i gotta frame that but uh no the castle crew i think a couple guys are on right now Stan. uh i i keep wanting to say they're chicago based they're not 
they they are a bunch of guys that I hang out with. Uh, you know, at the Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, I started hanging out with them then, and then got on their whereby's. I think the guys are just very supportive and just a blast. And for me, it's like going to that crew, and I get to talk to a bunch of guys. Uh, but that crew is a little bit different, where I feel like. I'm in my local bar, the men's grill or something like that. We just get on there. Uh, we geek out a little bit. Then we just talk about other stuff. And, you know, uh, and if I'm home for an extended amount of time, I get to, um, you know, just hang out. Sometimes we're on until 3 o'clock in the morning doing stuff and talking or whatever. Especially, like, if I've had a, you know, grinding, getting numbers to work, trying to get the fucking printer to work. You know, it's always nice to get on with those guys. <laughs> So I'm going to bed early tonight. Well, early-ish. Because <coughs> I got a flight tomorrow morning. And what, what is your favorite cigar festival you go to? Hmm. That was a question. I... Um, the biggest tie is probably the Great Smoke and Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. Mm. Uh, they're run completely different, but the people that go to both of them are absolutely awesome. The people that run both of them are absolutely awesome. The staff of both of them, you know, are awesome. It's, it's just, uh, I, I'm saying awesome, like a freaking 1980s teenager again, but, um, yeah, those are probably, and there's some other ones that, that are a little bit smaller that are great too. You know, some of there's some that I know that are fantastic that we haven't had a chance to be a part of yet. So, yeah. Uh, but both well, of those, I was there in the beginning when they started it and when they were like kind of pitching it out and it was still in, uh, you know, just kind of putting it together. It was an embassy, you know, where everybody's like at a, a full table. Now you got tents, you got, you know, Saka doing meat things and dinners and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Well, I'll echo, I'll echo what Dax that here in the studio what? said. So uh, we got to get you two cigars in baseball. And uh, it's it's here in St. Paul, Minnesota, in uh, uh, September 14th. September 14th. Uh, and it's it's actually at CHS Field where the St. Paul Saints play baseball. And absolutely incredible event all of it and it's all for charity for the miracle league that makes baseball facilities for kids with disabilities i'd love to do it i actually threw out the first pitch at pnc park nice the year that they had the all-star game when they just opened and you could smoke there oh that's awesome if yeah, you that's... can find the picture out there I, I mean i can't find it right now but there's a picture of me out there where i when i threw out the pitch i have a blackberry on my hip Cigar in my mouth, and I'm wearing a CAO polo. And the funniest thing is, like everybody commented, you couldn't take the blackberry blackberry off your hip. <laughs> so then they take a picture of that. They give it to my grandmother, and she thought I was a picture for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And you try to correct her, and all my uncles were like, "Just don't, don't, don't worry about it. Just yeah. let not all the blue hairs, you know." So. Well, let's uh, let's jump into this week's notable 
smokables uh notable smokables brought to us by don doroteo cigars don doroteo is a brand with both purpose and passion dedicated to creating challenge uh change from within by developing their own land they are able to own the entire process throughout the life cycle of the plant they methodically carry out each step ensuring that the final product is of the finest quality the new salt of the earth lines piedra viva and piedra angular are available now at don doroteo retail partners Visit dondorteo.com to learn more. All right. So, Mickey, each week we name a cigar on the show that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Now, this could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we just smoked for the first time in a long time. Or this could be a cigar that's been on the market only a short time that we smoked for the first time ever. Obviously, you're smoking mostly your own stuff. But if you get a chance to jump outside your portfolio, is there anything you smoked recently that stood out to you? Uh, just before I came on the show, the uh, Roma Craft uh, Intemperance. Yeah. Yeah. Really like that one. Raul, what about you? What's your notable this week? Mine is Black Works Flora de Caesar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got it. We'll find a guy that has those. We'll yeah. buy more of those. Uh, Justin, what about you? Your notable this week? I'm going with the Black Works Studio also, but the original Green Hornet Cato that we got in Ohio, probably about. It's what six, seven years old. Those original yeah, ones we yep. found at Fisherman's Wharf. Yep, nice. Yeah, I still got a couple of those, but those are really tasty. That you see on the Candela wrapper, it's super faded now. It doesn't look like Candela anymore, but it was really good. Nice. nice. Um, what you got left? Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. He says, uh, "My notable I smoked during the uh, Lions Niners game yesterday. Uh, the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Nuestra de Saca Krakatoa." Really nice cigar. Really nice cigar. It's uh, not what you would expect, at least in my personal opinion. You know, you hear the name Krakatoa, you think, you know, Volcano. This is going to be a super strong cigar. But that cigar is 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 medium-bodied and nuanced and, you know, a lot of stuff going on. That's It's not just power in that cigar. It's got a lot of, a lot of fun, cool stuff going on in that uh, flavor profile there. Uh, so then let's jump into coming attractions. We have some very cool stuff coming up on the show in the next couple weeks. Coming attractions brought to us by AJ Fernandez born and raised in Cuba. AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's new world, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. All right. Coming up next week on February 5th, we have Nate Beck from Bovida. He's going to be right here in the studio live with us. And on February 12th, we have Ian Reith from Dapper Cigar Company. Uh, so, Mickey, thank you, first of all, so much for being on the show again. We really appreciate it, brother. Couple of great people there. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're man. We're so excited every time we get to have good people like you and these other guys on the show, man. So, uh, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea, where is the best place for them to keep up with everything you have going on with All Saints Cigars? Not in Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> no, the great people like you guys, obviously. Um, our website is still under a, a little bit of construction. Uh, but one of the best places is on our Instagram at All Saints Cigars and on Facebook at All Saints Cigars and All Saints Cigars Crew, K R E W E. 
Uh, also, uh, you can look at McAuliffe's at McAuliffe Cigars and McAuliffe Ambassadors. So we're kind of cross-pollinating everything going on, whether it's an All Saints event, McAuliffe event, or co-branded. Uh, Mike Dove, uh, our marketing partner, does a great job of getting my stuff and getting the posters up on uh, on Facebook. Nice. And Instagram, I'm sorry. Well, Mickey, thank you, man, for being on our show again. And we, uh, we're we looking forward to seeing you in a couple months in Las Vegas. Thanks, a couple months, a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's in next month. Yeah, it's no, it's we're still in January. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, it's two. It's, it's six weeks. In Mickey World, you know, days, Mickey World, it's weeks yeah. or days for him. He never, no, stop, I, no. yeah, he never sleep. Never, never stop. Sleep. Never stop. Thank oh, you, brother. Yes, no break. Thank you, brother. Love you, man. Love you guys too, especially you, Raul. You sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, viewers and listeners, guys, thanks for being a part of How About That Cigar Live. We really appreciate you watching and listening to episode 231. Uh, take just a minute, please hit all those buttons. Click on the like button, the subscribe button, the follow button, the 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 happy dance button, any of the buttons that are good. Just hit them on. Just hit all those we buttons. Appreciate it. We really do appreciate it. It makes a difference for us. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Be sure to follow us on all your favorite social media platforms at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. Thanks, guys. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium cigars.